This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 249. When we use these, any, really any client attraction technique or tactic, if they don't align, if those tactics don't align with us, our values and our business, no matter how well these tactics work for other people, they're not going to work for you if they don't align. Because, I mean, you're going to be sitting down fighting yourself every step of the way to actually do the thing in the first place. And if you actually do manage to do it, you know, you fight yourself and yourself loses, you're just not going to get the results because it just doesn't feel right to you and you're resisting. And that comes back to if it feels unnatural to you, it's going to feel unnatural on the other end. So of all, you know, the tactics in the world that we could spend our time talking about, really the most important piece is finding what works for you and, and, but not just what works for you. So, you know, Facebook groups work for you. It's okay. How do you, how are you showing up in those Facebook groups in a way that works for you and for your ideal clients? Welcome to star coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources, whatever your focus or niche, Take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, and thanks for being here. I have a great show for you today as we're going to be looking at client attraction strategies It's one of those topics that I don't think we can hear enough of because when we hear from different experts in different approaches, we're going to find those elements that really speak to us. Not every strategy is going to sit well with every person. We all have our own strengths, our own perspectives and ways of looking at things. Therefore, each of those Each time that I bring an expert onto the show to talk to you about different ways to build your business, different ways to build your skills, to engage in organizations as a coach, or whatever the topic is of the week, those unique perspectives are going to sit with each one of you differently. And that's what makes me excited about doing this show and introducing you to guests like Jacob Ratliff, who's coming today as a client attraction coach. For those of you who have not yet met me, uh, my name is Meg Rentschler. I'm the host of this show and am absolutely like die in the wool positive that coaching can make a change in the world. That when we as coaches can find what we need to be confident in our skills to build a business that's profitable enough for us to be able to do this work and feed our families and pay our bills and go on wonderful vacations, whatever it is that feeds us, our soul, our spirit, so that we can engage with our clients in a way that boosts them up and allows them to bring their best forward, then the ripple effect across the world is going to be fabulous. And that's how come I work with leaders to use coaching in their leadership 
to empower their people. I work with coaches, hundreds of coaches every year to help them create the kind of businesses and to have strong skills. The kinds of practices that they're running really shine well on what coaching can be. So that's what I'm passionate about. And that's why I do this show every single week to focus on different strategies, tools and resources that help you create the kinds of businesses you want, and to find your ideal market. And that's what I'm going to talk to Jacob Ratliff about today. Jacob is a client attraction coach and an entrepreneur. He's based in North Carolina. He uses his identity and lived experiences as the catalyst for creating his business. And you will hear that clearly in our interview today. He's uplifting. He helps people grow their businesses and he's going to help you grow your business today. He leans into his authentic self and really encourages all of us to lean into our authentic, confident, empowered self. He has over five years experience in growing clients' businesses, and he continues to grow his own business. He helps high-impact coaches build intimate relationships online to attract high-paying clients. So we're going to be talking about several different things to think about today. We just kind of put our minds together and create a conversation that hopefully will be super helpful to you and learn about how we want to uh, be clear about our own identity and use that in a way that helps us connect with that audience, that ideal population that we can really just soar with. So I'm excited to have you join our conversation. Let's go to my conversation with Jacob Ratliff. Jacob Ratliff, welcome to the Star Coach Show. It is so nice to see you this morning. Yeah, thank you so, so much for having me. I'm really excited for our conversation today. Yeah, we both have a real love and interest in coaching. And um, today we're going to talk about that thing that I think each one of us wants to know, like, where do we find our ideal client? What are some things we can do to attract more people into our circle? I mean, certainly there might be some people out there listening that are like, oh, I've got that handled. I don't need any more clients. But I think as a whole, we want to continue to be nurturing our audience and 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 kind of filling that pipeline or whatever language we use with that. I'd love to start with, Jacob, what led you into helping coaches build their businesses, create this kind of, you know, being a client attraction coach? Yeah, absolutely. When I first started my business, I was kind of the freelance digital marketer, do it all. I will I will build your funnel. I'll write your copy. I will design your ad campaigns, kind of doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. And yes, I got burnt out on doing that pretty quickly. But what I really discovered, I discovered several things. One being that the biggest impact I was having was not necessarily on the, you know, from the funnels or the campaigns or whatever, It was actually when I was having these one-to-one conversations with my client. And I didn't realize it then, but those were coaching calls. Right. And then I 
discovered that the clients that I was having the biggest impact on were other coaches, people who were kind of engaging with clients in a similar way as I was. And that's kind of when I began to really shift and lean into this coaching and consulting model rather than, you know, focusing on designing landing pages and stuff like that. Which is still important, but still you know, important. It's yeah, still exa- important. exactly. But I'm not but, the guy for that. <laughs> and that's right. So that story tells me what I tell many coaches as I work with them is right out of the gate, you might not know exactly what you're going to zero in on. So you might explore by doing like you did, you know, I'm going to do a little bit of this and I'm going to do a little bit of this because I can bring value through all of those things. And as you did that, you got clearer and clearer about what lights me up, what excites me when I work with clients. How accurate is that? Oh, 100% because, you know, you can spend months or years trying to find that one thing that's going to be your thing and you're going to do it and you're going to do it great. And, you know, maybe you find that one thing and maybe that's great. Or maybe you think you find that one thing and it's not at all it. And then you, but you've spent months or years trying to find it. So, and this is a trap I actually fell into, you know, prior to really starting my business was that I was searching, searching for that one perfect thing when really I just should have been doing, right? Picking something and doing. Because, you know, when we're kind of up here in our minds, trying to figure out what it is that we want to do with our lives, with our business, whatever, it's really comfortable, honestly, to, for me at least, to plan. To kind of be in that analysis paralysis. Let's just, exactly. oh, let me Google one more thing. Let me look to see what this is. But at some point, if you don't put feet to the pavement, Yep, you're just going to stay exactly where you are. So it's comfortable and uncomfortable at the same time. Because exactly. It's not, it's not going to actually forward your goals or forward you. You're, you're still going to be looking at your calendar thinking, what's keeping me from having the appointments that I want to have? Well, if all we're doing is thinking, well, maybe I could do this or maybe I could do this. I love that Jacob just jumped in there and said, here's my skill set. I'm going to get out there and do these things. And then as you were doing those things, it got clearer and clearer to you about what, how do I really enjoy partnering with people? Who are the people that I get the best results with? Who do I really resonate with? So when we think about one of the key things I hear when we talk about avatar or ideal client is, well, gosh, if I pick one group all those, there's other people that are going to be outside of that group and I'm going to lose clients and da, da, and and I'm just wondering, you know, because you and I have not talked about this in advance of this particular question, but that, that whole concept of ideal client and um, getting clarity about that, what would you say is the value of that? Yeah, the value of that is the ability to really craft messaging that speaks exactly to the people you want to work with. And, you know, we really, we kind of tend to get caught up in this kind of what demographic mm-hmm. data around our ideal client. Well, they're 35 years old, they're married, you know, their name is John, right? Like they live in Texas, whatever. We get, we kind of obsess over these like demographic details when really that's not at least for coaches, unless it's relevant to our niche, Mm -hmm. it's not that actual, it's not really that relevant to our ideal client and not 
relevant to us in the process of crafting messaging. Because what's way more important is what are they struggling with? What's keeping them up at night? What are their frustrations, you know, on a daily basis? These more psychographic data points are way more helpful. And, you know, because most of the client avatar worksheets that you see floating around the internet are, you know, what's their marital status? How many kids do they have? What's their education level? And that information can be useful if it's relevant to you and what you're doing with your client. And if it helps you be able to visualize and begin to like act like you're talking directly to a person. And in many ways, it's not just the pain point, but also like, and what is it the work together that we're going to do is going to bring forward, which is kind of the other side of if we understand their pain, we can understand what it is that we want to work toward. So when we're in this kind of conversation around honing in on this really specific ideal client, then the concern being, well, what about all these other people I'm kind of leaving out? Well, like the reality is that most of us as coaches can help anyone. And that's kind of the thought that, you know, goes through most of our minds first is why do I niche down? I can, I can help anyone. And really it's, if you can't craft, you can't craft one set of messaging that's going to appeal to everyone. I'll use my exe- myself as an example. Please do. Um, in that I really focus my messaging and my marketing on LGBT coaches and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Now, the reality is that sexual orientation matters very little in the actual process of helping someone with their Mm -hmm. business. Right. Right. It just, it's just, it doesn't really matter. It's kind of arbitrary. Those are my people at the same time. Right. And even though I focus my messaging on that demographic, only 50% of my clients are LGBT because that messaging that focuses specifically on members of the LGBT community doesn't just resonate with members of the LGBT community. It draws in a lot of the same people who are dealing with a similar set of issues. Mm -hmm. Because I get messages, you know, several times a week that say, hey, you know, do you only work with LGBT clients? And no, the answer is no, I don't. Right. (laughs) Right? I'm not saying, oh, you're heterosexual. I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're outside (laughs) my demographic. But because that doesn't matter. What matters is, do we share similar values? Do we really value, you know, conscious and ethical business growth? Mm-hmm. Do we value the impact that we're helping our clients create? Those are the more important questions than, you know, what's your sexual orientation? Right. But that's a beautiful example of craft a message that speaks to your heart, that speaks to who your ideal client is. And other people will be, your people will be attracted to that, even if they're a little bit outside of that area. The other thing is that there will be plenty of people inside that area that will fill your practice and you don't need to speak to the world as a whole because people want to connect with somebody who speaks their language, who, who yeah. is saying something that resonates with them. So, you know, I often use the example, Jacob, of 
if I have a particular health issue, I don't necessarily want to go to a general practitioner if I know that it is a specific thing. I'm going to look for a specialist. And I think people who hire coaches don't necessarily want a jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. They want somebody who is well-versed either in their value set and the way that they their messaging, that it speaks to kind of their heart and their soul, or that is a specific skill set or a specific sort of range, like a specific kind of leadership coach or a, a relationship coach that does a specific thing. I have another client who is a relationship coach for, and she designed her website to be executive women but the messaging in her website, there's men that reach out to her too and say, mm -hmm. I want to work with you around the relationship stuff that you work on. So yeah, and this idea of niching, you know, niching down is, you know, we a lot of us, a lot of people tend to see it as this kind of really limiting thing. But kind of what you're saying, it's just, it's actually this really, you know, expansive thing. It really actually broadens our reach more so than limiting it, which is actually one of the really beautiful things about it. Exactly. So then, so we, once we know who that person is and we've messaged, we need to be able to look for them, right? So I, I'm going to throw that back to you and say, you know, how do we look for that ideal client? Like how do we've identified and we've begun to message around that? How does that help us find them? Yep, absolutely. The thing I'll say before kind of dive into that is you know, we really, once we figure out who our ideal client is, and this kind of goes back to what we we're talking about a few minutes ago around like, you know, per, um, analysis paralysis, which yes. is we know who our ideal client is, but we really don't. We think we know who our ideal client is. Good point. And the reason I say that is when it actually comes to looking for and identifying your ideal client, allow for the possibility that you might be wrong. And the world is not going to implode. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay if you go in a direction and end up shifting. And you pivot. Jacob pivoted. I pivoted. You're we all have to at some point. Exactly. And, you know, I'll use another example is that, you know, I, when I was first getting started, I was doing a lot of e-commerce stuff. And so when I was shifting into coaching, I said, okay, I'm going to, you know, continue with that same focus. And, so I was actually, and the, the mistake I made is that I was not engaging in conversations with coaches because I was like, I'm an e-commerce guy, sorry. But when I actually started to allow myself to have some of those conversations, that's when I started to realize, oh, there's something there. Mm -hmm. um, so when we're talking about like, actually finding, getting in front of and starting conversations with our ideal clients, we want to allow ourselves a little bit of wiggle room outside of that really strict, strict framework um, that we might have created for ourselves, because there's always room to kind of really just explore. Exactly. Um, Curiosity comes to mind for me, you know, a yeah. key word in coaching, allow yourself to be curious about what else might be available or what else really excites you or lights you mm -hmm. up. So, so to Jacob's point, it's not a one and done kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, constantly evolving. Your ideal client and your niche are constantly evolving. Your offer is constantly evolving. Your message is constantly evolving. Everything is. Um, but, but to answer your question about, okay, so we know, or we, you know, we have a pretty good idea of who our ideal client is. Great. How do we actually find those people? How do we actually get in front of them? And usually 
the conversation then shifts to, okay, are they more active on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever? Mm -hmm. And that's important, right? If you're, you know, a relationship coach, you know, LinkedIn might not be the best place for you. So that's the, those are some important distinctions. And also that's not the end of the conversation. It's not just about what platform you're using. It's about, you know, okay, say, okay, you know, we're going to go all in on Facebook. Great. Facebook's still a pretty big platform, you know, with billions of people on it. Pretty so, big. That's sort of, <laughs> that's an understatement. Yeah. It's sort of, it's a pretty big platform. Yeah. yeah. It's monstrous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Couldn't um, agree more. So if you say, okay, Facebook, I'm going to, you know, post on Facebook, you know, great. Well, you're, you've not actually really honed in much. So it's not just a matter of picking out the platform. It's actually, where do you go on these platforms to find your ideal client? Because I mean, say you're posting to your, you know, business page or personal page on Facebook. Well, the only people who are going to see it are the people who are already in your network, really. Right, right. And, you know, you might get some leads and clients from that, you know, that existing network. But if you're not, you know, consistently bringing more people into that circle, then, you know, it's going to, that funnel is going to run dry pretty quickly. So, you know, using Facebook as an example, one of the, you know, classic approaches that can work really well is finding Facebook groups. Facebook groups are really hot these days. And, you know, Facebook itself is pouring tons of resources into the development of their groups feature, which means that Facebook wants you to use groups. And, you know, Facebook being that big entity that's kind of nebulous and, you know, kind of corporate and scary, you know, you kind of want, if they're, if they're pouring resources into something, it's probably something you want to pay attention to. Good rule to follow there. Yes. <laughs> so for example, you know, say that I'll, I'll actually use an, an example for, from someone I was talking with yesterday who was a writing coach who coaches people throughout the process of writing their book. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she was able to find a bunch of her ideal clients in various Facebook groups centered around writing. And, you know, she also she also happens to incorporate meditation into her coaching. So she was able to find some really niche specific groups around writing and meditation. Wow. And if you find one of those groups, you know, say it's a smaller group, it only has, you know, several thousand people in them, you know, for a Facebook group, that's pretty small, you know, that's several thousand potential ideal clients right there. Right. And the next thing is that, you know, okay, you know, I've heard about Facebook groups before. This is where, you know, a bunch of people are dropping these long-winded sales posts and, you know, it's just a bunch of people shouting, you know, here's what I offer. Buy hire me, me, hire me. Yeah, yes. exactly. And, you know, in all honesty, that, that strategy worked in like 2014, 2015. Yeah. Um, that strategy was actually really effective. Now, not so much because... People have wised up to it, quite frankly. Right. The market is more sophisticated and rightfully so, because, you know, if we, if you think about it, how many times have you called a phone number on a billboard you saw while you were driving down the highway? Mm, None, never, never right? <laughs> right. And it's, it's actually the exact same concept is, okay, this, you know, there's this Facebook post. It's here's what I do. Buy from me here. Direct message me. 
Well, and, and I would ask all of you, how often do you read those posts? Exactly. I mean, you know, if, if you are, if you're thinking about doing something, think about, is that something that would appeal to me? I would encourage you to also look through that lens. Yeah. yeah and, you know, now you mentioned that, you know, back to the piece about the ideal client is that oftentimes we are more progressed or more evolved versions of our own ideal client. So, you know, if we were an e-commerce store selling sneakers, right, we, that might not be as good of a question to ask ourselves because, you know, there's kind of this level of detachment, but right. when we're talking about something as intimate and personal as coaching, right, that's a really good question to ask. So what should we do instead of these what long-winded hire me coach? Bingo. Yes, that is the question. So when we look at these, you know, long-winded posts, you know, what we don't like about them is they're too salesy. They, but they scream, they focus on authority, right? And we hear this a lot. You need to build authority to attract clients. Now, there is truth in that. Authority is important. But if we focus too much on authority, which is what these you know, long-winded sales posts are, look mm-hmm. at me, I'm the expert, hire me, hi, hello. They, they scream authority. But what it comes at the expense of is intimacy and relationship mm-hmm. and closeness, Because if you have two coaches who are going for the exact same client, the coach that ends up working with that client is not the coach who's standing there in the corner with, you know, hi, hello, hire me. It's the coach that is actually building a relationship with that client. The coach who is actually, you know, hi, how are you? What, like, what's up basically? And is not, not showing up you know, to get them on a sales call and to close them, but showing up to serve and help them. Right. And actually build the relationship in that process. You can build authority by giving. You can build authority by posting things about, have you thought about, or here's, here's an article that I just read and this is what stood out to me. I mean, you can, you can establish authority by presenting through a giving instead of a me, me, me kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And, th- and that's, you know, that's the point is that those sales posts, those focus on the the writer or the actual the coach more so than the actual audience. You know, if I were to write one of those sales posts, the audience would not be for my ideal clients. The audience is really just me. It kind of can be a really big, you know, just ego stroking more than anything. Right. We'll get back to my interview with Jason Ratliff in just a moment. I just got off the phone with a coach who was so excited about a session that she had had with a client. She said, I was more focused and engaged in that conversation than I have been in I don't know how long. And it was because of the mentor session that you and I just had. I was able to stay out of my head and present with my client. And it felt great. Well, those are the kinds of things that I hear from my mentor client all the time. And I just wanted to let you know that I am enrolling for my final mentor program of 2021 right now. 
Not only is mentor coaching required for ACC credentialing, but it's a great way for PCC coaches to earn core competency, continuing education, and for all coaches to re-engage with the core competencies, to build their coaching skills, and to build their confidence as coaches so that you too can say, I wasn't in my head at all. I was completely focused and engaged with my client. So since credentials are due in December, I want to give you a heads up to review when your credential is due. And if you want to feel like that coach did in I'm more engaged, more, more present with my clients and bring a a better result with my clients. I would encourage you to check out the details of the mentor coaching program at starcoachshow.com slash mentor. That's starcoachshow.com slash mentor. This is my last scheduled program of the year. It's already filling up. So if you'd like to work together, go to starcoachshow.com slash mentor. And now let's get back to my interview with Jacob. But if you know your ideal audience, you know what their pain points are, and you're able to give a tip or a strategy or something uh, to alleviate uh, something that you know is a struggle for them, well, then that's something I would want to read. And that's certainly something that I would say, wow, if Jacob knows this and is able to put this out there, and I really resonate with his messages, A, I'm going to be looking for more of his posts. Mm-hmm. and and maybe even be interested in in learning more about him. Maybe I'll DM him and ask him for some more yeah. information. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is one of the things that, you know, in this space around using social media to attract clients, one of the things we talk and hear a lot about is cold pitching in the DMs, which is honestly in the same kind of vein and line of the sales post, you know, so Meg, if I were to message you and say, hey, here's what I do. I think I can help you. I'd love to hop on a call. You would say, no, no way. I don't know. I get those all the time. They irritate me. I do too. (laughs) And there's several things wrong with that. The first is you actually don't know whether they're an ideal client or a lead or a prospect until you actually talk with them. Mm -hmm. Because you're not trying to find out if they're an ideal client, when you do that, Mm -hmm. what you're doing is prescribing your perception of them as an ideal client onto them. Right. And they're not going to appreciate that. And it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, presumptuous really to say, Hey, I, I know you're struggling with this. I can help you when no, you actually, you don't know. (laughs) So what would you recommend instead? I would, I would recommend, you know, toning it down like times a hundred. And what I mean by that is have a conversation as yourself, the person, not as yourself, the salesperson. So, you know, for instance, if you messaged me and said, you know, Hey, Jacob, I've seen some of your posts, you know, I'd love to set up a time to chat. Right. Great. Book a call. Wonderful. But if I'm reaching out to you, I'm not going to do the, you know, that cold pitch thing. What I would do instead is, you know, hey, I saw your post in this group, you know. So say Mm -hmm. you posted about, you know, does anyone have any 
any resources on this specific topic. Okay. And that specific topic is something that's my specialty. Instead of messaging you and saying, hey, I can help with this. Let's get on a call. I might say something like, hey, this is an issue that I see a lot. You mind if I send you a free, re- uh, send you a resource or a training video that'll help you with that. I'm actually pumping the brakes a little bit. Right. Instead of, you know, pushing forward for the sale, for the call, for the, you know, for the close, it's, I'm actually kind of slowing down and pulling back to get a little bit of momentum because that's, people appreciate that. Right. And that's actually the way that most business gets done is through relationships, not, you know, all right, you need this. I need this. Let's do business together. That might, I mean, if you're taking your car for an oil change, sure. But this is not that. Right. This is a highly personal, intimate relationship. And we really can't, you know, full steam ahead and, you know, for lack of a better term, trample right. them in the sales process. Right. And I think people, as you had mentioned earlier, you know, our audience is more sophisticated now. They're used mm-hmm. to, they, they are actually bombarded by messaging. So we really want our messaging to be personal and be relational and, and um, not, oh, and I don't know your thoughts about this, but I'm a big believer. We cannot be all attached to the outcome. If every time you are messaging somebody or making a post, all you can think about is I need business. I want business. It's going to come through in that versus, gosh, this is a great group of people. And how can I engage with them? And how can I, you know, share some of my thoughts and how, who am I going to find that like is like-minded or whatever. And really in that place of focusing on relationships without being attached to, I need to make a sale. I need to make a sale. That energy will come through. Yeah. You know, in all honesty, when I was first getting started, that was my downfall. I suffered from that greatly. And I really had to take 10 steps back and detach myself from the outcome and really start to understand that, you know, rejection in kind of this context is not a, is not a reflection on me as a person or even me as a coach. Mm-hmm. It, it means maybe the timing isn't right, or it's just not a good match personality wise, but that's not a reflection on me as a coach or me as a person. So important. So important. Okay. So where do we want to go next, Jacob? Let's yeah. Think so- about ideal clients and, and just, you know, where, what our mindset is, what are we've, we've talked about some great things so far in being sure that you a give yourself the grace and the permission to venture forward with the best idea at the time with an idea Mm -hmm. that you might pivot as you go along to get out of analysis paralysis. It's okay. If it's not perfect, venture forward, begin to have conversations and, and that when you're on a platform, a huge platform like Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, it's about finding the groups that speak to you and speak to who, what mm-hmm. your audience is looking for and engage in those groups in a way that you're building relationships versus, hi, I'm here now and everybody's going to want to hire mm-hmm. me because I do whatever. So uh, where should we go next? Well, why don't we talk a little bit about those conversations once they actually get started? Excellent. This is is one of the biggest kind of stumbling points. And 
these conversations can be a stumbling point because we really tend to overthink them. And so as coaches, one of the really amazing secret weapons we have are questions. Um, You know, asking questions is the way to dig deep. It's the way not just to get information, right, but to help our clients get insight. And that one of the really beautiful things is that actually translates over really nicely to these DM conversations. Um, And just in case anybody doesn't know what DM is, that's direct (laughs) messaging. So you can direct message somebody on a social media platform. Go ahead. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Mm -hmm. So we always, we want to be asking questions in these DM conversations. And, you know, one of the metaphors I like to use is we want to ask questions that ultimately dig 20 feet deep right? Because we need to get to their pain points. And their pain points are not necessarily lying on the surface. They're they're probably being protected a little. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what that means is if we are in a DM conversation with someone new, if we ask, you know, you know, what are your deepest fears about whatever, right? They're not, they're not going to be into that. Yeah. Can you imagine getting a a direct message from a stranger that says, hey, Jacob, what are your deepest, darkest fears? What keeps you awake at night? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, Meg, back off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hit that block button. So, but, but yeah, we still need to get to this 20 foot deep point. And the way that I like to talk about it is, you know, how do you dig 20 feet deep? Well, you dig three feet at a time, right? So, I I like to use the concept of, you know, three, six and nine foot questions to kind of, so that you, you can kind of visualize yourself getting to this 20 foot deep point, Mm -hmm. you know, a three foot question isn't what are your deepest, darkest fears? It's, you know, if we're a business coach, you know, how, how did you discover your niche? Right. That's not a deepest, darkest fears question, but it's a question that's valuable and, you know, starts that process of digging a little bit deeper. Helps you get to know the person a little bit more. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we, it's really easy to kind of, like we were saying, like trample over a prospect um, in these conversations. And this is actually one of the ways that we really slow things down and focus on building the relationship is three feet at a time. Now, the other thing I'll mention is that in this process, in these conversations, it's really easy to kind of fall into interrogation mode, right? Which is, you know, you know, you ask a question, they answer, you ask a question, they answer, you ask a question, they just don't respond. <laughs> right. Cause they're like, again, I don't know you, right. like what's up with this interrogation. Right. Right. So it's not just about, you know, boom, 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 asking these questions. It's about adding a layer or a level of value or, and adding value to the conversation as you go through this process. So can you give an example of how that might happen, like beginning with the first contact? Yeah, um, I can kind of give you a little bit like, of, you yeah. know, we, won't, we won't go 20 feet deep. Right, right. So let's actually, you know, let's do a quick role play if you're. Okay, you I'm to. open to it. I'm open to awesome. it. Awesome. So, you know, hey, Meg, I really loved your post about how you work with clients to help them ride horses. You know, how did you discover that niche? Well, I have always, uh, so we're DMing back and forth, right? Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I, I would uh, make it short and sweet. I would say grew up on a farm, have always loved 
horses was thrilled when I stumbled into a workshop about equestrian coaching. Wow, that's awesome. I have a friend who does something similar, although she actually grew up in the city. She grew up in New York City and really only discovered, you know, riding horses and, you know, equestrian stuff (laughs) after she became an adult. But it sounds like this was, you know, has been a part of your life, you know, since birth, right? Right. It has. And I've been thrilled to be able to build it into my coaching. What do you do? Awesome. Yeah. So at this point, I would kind of say, I would kind of give the like little spiel of what it is that I do. And, and then I might say something along the lines of, you know, you know, so we've dug three feet deep. So I could, let's like ask like what I would call a six foot question, mm-hmm. which might be something around, you know, how many clients you work with at a time or, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So we're so getting we, a little more, we're getting a little bit deeper. And so then, you know, if, after you answer that, I might say, so I might ask a question around what's your process for bringing on new clients or, or are you at capacity with your client load? But so let me of, ask you this, would yeah. you continue to do all these layers through DMing or would you ever say, would you like to jump on a call just to get to know each other more? I'm enjoying Good talking question. with you. I would love to have a call. Would you ever do that? So I would, I, absolutely. I would do that after we've shifted the conversation over to your client attraction process. So after okay. asking something around, you know, are you at capacity or what's your process? That might be the point at which I, that would be the point at which I would kind of get on a call, not a, you know, 45 minute sales call, right? but the kind of, you know, connection call. Good, good. So that's a beautiful example of how do we engage in such a way that you're, you're truly interested. And, and that's my, I guess I just cannot emphasize enough. If you're going to be engaging this way, be truly interested in what the person is saying and, yeah. and about building the relationship versus, okay, I'm going through these steps to get the sale, to get the sale. I promise mm-hmm. you, if that's all that you're focused on, that's the energy that's going to come through instead of this genuine desire to get to know the person, be curious yeah. about the person. And then ultimately, if you guys are supposed to work together, it's going to happen. I know that sounds kind of woo woo, but I mean, it's, it's true. It's so true. All right. So good. So we're coming to um, where we're getting close to the end of our time, but, and I know there's so much more we could talk about. Let me throw the ball to you and say, okay, if we had just one more thing to cover, what would it be that we would want to be sure that we include in today's time? Yeah. So the, the last thing I'll, the last piece I'll touch on is kind of to build off of what you were just saying about, you know, if it feels unnatural to you, it's, going to feel unnatural to whoever is on the other end. And as an extension of that, when we use these, any, really any client attraction technique or tactic, if they don't align, if those tactics don't align with us, our values and our business, no matter how well these tactics work for other people, they're not going to work for you if they don't align. Because I mean, you're going to be sitting down, fighting yourself every step of the way to actually do the thing in the first place. And if you actually do manage to do it, you know, you fight yourself and yourself loses, you're just not going to get the results because it just doesn't feel right to you and you're resisting. And that comes back to if it feels unnatural to you, it's going to feel unnatural on the other end. So 
of all, you know, the tactics in the world that we could spend our time talking about, really the most important piece is finding what works for you and, and but not just what works for you. So, you know, Facebook groups work for you. It's okay. How do you, how are you showing up in those Facebook groups in a way that works for you and for your ideal client? So, so good. Jacob, I so appreciate your time. We're going to have links for how to connect with Jacob. Do you want to like, how do you like people to best connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can check me out on my website at jacobratliff.com, or you can just send me a friend request on Facebook and we can chat there. Excellent. You might go through some DMs together. Yeah. We will definitely have all those links in the show notes for the show. Jacob, I really appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thank you so much. I just love those strategies that Jacob shared for attracting clients, being our authentic self. If you'd like to know more about Jacob, Go to starcoachshow.com slash 249 to pick up his information in our show notes. That's starcoachshow.com slash 249. I invite you back next week as I am with author and coach Becca Ribbing. We're going to have a conversation about having those difficult conversations with clients when we notice that there might be other issues going on, and they might be served by either adding therapy as another service in addition to their coaching, or perhaps an issue that uh, requires maybe a doctor or some other service in addition to or instead of coaching. That can be a difficult conversation to have. And Becca is going to share her insights into that as someone who works a lot with people with attention deficit disorder and how she has that conversation with them if she feels like they need to add a service along with coaching. And we talk about that in the face of many other issues that might come up and raise our red flags just for additional services the client might need. So come back next week as we have that conversation about having difficult conversations. As always, If you're enjoying the show, please share with others and leave a rate and review wherever you listen. As another reminder, I am currently enrolling for my last scheduled mentor program of the year. And you can get more information about that at starcoachshow.com slash mentor, M-E-N-T-O-R. So this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week, and I look forward to having you with us next week. Bye-bye.